0: Hello and welcome to Coffee Cup Tarot, a podcast about the storytelling aspect of tarot and developing an intuitive understanding to the messages they reveal. I'm your host, Marcella Cadill. You can follow me on Instagram at Coffee Cup Tarot Reader, or you can book a reading directly with me at www.coffeecuptarot.com. Thanks for tuning in. Let's get started. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Coffee Cup Podcast coffee cup tarot. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, I'm Marcella and Aisha's with me. This is the last card of the Major Arcana and I honestly never thought I would still be in quarantine when we record this episode because it's card number 21. Yeah that's it's mm. this card has a lot of meaning.
1: Okay does it? <laughs> it does at least the Rider weight has a lot to Yeah it. yeah yeah. My other decks, the interpretations, I mean, the interpretations are all going to be the same,
0: but the symbolism in my other two decks. There's so much going on. Yeah. In the rider weight. Yeah. Yes. Completely agree. So when you see this card in a reading, what is your first thought when it's upright? Okay, honestly, this card has only come up three times in my entire tarot reading life, I guess. Um, Twice it was reversed. And once it was upright, I feel like when it's upright, it signifies like a closure to a journey. Hmm. But this is like before I really studied the card. So I like wrote down my ideas about what I thought before I looked into it. And then whenever it's reversed, I feel like it's like a new perspective or there's a lot of stagnancy going on, which I feel like contradicts with the meaning of the Wheel of Fortune. So I don't even know if I truly believe that. Um, also with like lack of stability, Hmm. but like, okay, I don't know. I can cut this if you want, but like with whenever I pulled the world reversed, that definitely felt like it should have been upright and it felt like she disbelieved in herself and her ability to conquer whatever she was facing. I could see that. So yeah, that was like an intuitive, like, oh, you don't believe in yourself that this is possible. You have the ability to flip this card yeah. with a
1: perspective shift. Yeah. I I also do not get this card very often because it does feel like some sort of a completion or fulfillment entirely and who of us is actually fulfilled <laughs> not, yeah. not fulfilled but you know like who has the job done for real I think it comes up in outcomes a lot more because it's like the potential is there for that
0: mm-hmm. but that's it literally yeah. comes up in where you are now <laughs> no yeah that's a that makes that's a great point um I got this for a lady um and it was reversed and she was like looking for her next big thing and I was like, well, you kind of, and for it was really hard for me to word it properly because it, I didn't want to say like, you've done all you can, you know what I mean? But <laughs> it was more like, you should celebrate all that you have done. Like maybe what's next, you know, like create an altar of your successes and hmm. achievements. Acknowledging your achievements, yeah. Yeah, because she's just looking for, like, what's next, what's next, what's coming, and it's like, well, who, I can't tell you what's coming. Like, You have <laughs> to not, appreciate like where it. you are now. Yeah. Hmm. Um, honestly, I've been dreading recording this episode, so it's been kind of good that this has been put off for us for a few days. <laughs> um, I read, so I have, like, four tarot books. And I've read all four of them. I looked up multiple blog posts about this card, and I couldn't find anything that resonated with me. I felt like I could not crack it, you know? And then little Miss Rachel Pollock in her tarot Wisdom book. It's so good because even her other one, it was like half a paragraph, and I couldn't... I couldn't... Okay, the problem was when I read the what this card means, the symbolism, the history, I was like, okay, how can you get what this card means in a reading after reading this it made no sense to me so um in terrorism she goes into she really goes into the symbolism and then specifically the number 21 and that was that made it really clear for me so what'd she have to say no 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 okay so uh 21 reverse okay wait let me start over so we already talked about the four images of the Wheel of Fortune is also the four images of like the corners, but they're more clear because um, they're like real life looking and not stone. So that gives like a sense of seeing beyond. You're seeing with clarity. It's like a new perspective. And then the same clarity message comes from like the hanged man. Because if you look at the hanged man and the world next to each other in the Rider weight, they're... Exactly the same stance. It's the same clarity message that comes from the Hanged Man uh, when the world is upside down. So, not only in their stance, but 21 is 12 reversed, and 12 Mm. is the Hanged Man. Oh, cool. Um, But then I was like, okay, well, what makes... How is the meaning of these two cards different, right? Right. So, when the Hanged Man has to change the societal thinking, and he doesn't want to conform... The world again sees reality with a new sense of clarity because throughout the journey of the fool, like you're not going to see the world the same way at the man position as you are at the end of the journey.
1: Right. Well, it kind of also you're doing a full 360. The hangman is like a 180. You're you're kind of overcompensating in the opposite direction and then you find the balance between where you started, what you learned, And kind of integrate all of the wisdom that you have into your conception of the world.
0: Yeah, exactly. The 360 is 100% important. Because if you are the fool, the 180 to the hanged man and the 360 to the world again. Yep. Absolutely. Oh, and then also with 21, it's two and one this is kind of my favorite bit that she talked about so the two and the one is the high priestess and the magician and the little wands that the hermaphrodite is holding is the wand from the magician but she's holding two of them sort of like the pillars of the high priestess Ooh, and also awesome. like the hermes and aphrodite like the two people with the, the God or whatever, whenever two become one, that whole thing whoa i I never
1: oh really broke down that word before no, oh <laughs> wow,
0: okay huh. um yeah, so that's my word vomit of this card and a lot of the symbolism so
1: it's funny because I have a completely different experience. With the symbolism of this card. Okay, tell me. Probably, like, maybe two or three years ago, I was looking into Gnosticism Mm -hmm. and the Nag Hammadi scrolls, which were scrolls that were discovered in, I think, Alexandria a long time ago. Not long enough ago that it wasn't before Tarot came out, though. So it's, it's very strange how the symbolism from the Gnostic texts actually ends up appearing in the tarot cards because tarot cards were used before the scrolls were discovered. But in the scrolls, I mean, I love looking up like Dead Sea Scrolls, all, all the different scrolls that are like found that were <laughs> dating back to biblical times that weren't included in the Bible because I just think it just adds different perspectives to the story of yeah. creation. In the Gnostic texts actually talks about the story of, of creation before the world was even created, before the Bible takes place, before Adam and Eve. Um, Yeah, so On the Origin of the World talks about basically the heavens and the interactions between uh, Sophia or wisdom and light and darkness and these different archetypes and concepts kind of coming together and interacting, creating the energetic blueprint for when one of these like seven archetypes decided to create human beings. Hmm. So it actually makes it seem like the God of the Bible is actually the least of the seven gods that oh, were weird. created. Yeah, he was like the most uh, egocentric and narcissistic and wanted to create life to worship him specifically. And like the tree of knowledge is what gave the life that he created the wisdom of who the real God was above him. So it I don't know. It's a it's a actually really interesting story to read, but yeah it comes back to the tarot because throughout this description of these archetypes, it has death with a capital D, justice with a capital J. It talks oh, about like cool. all of the different tarot cards or major arcanas, but it actually specifically talks about each of the Um, creatures in the corners of this card Mm -hmm. as part of the creation story so the world itself like the world card the world being created was the energies of each of these creatures coming together and it it goes in the order and explains the energy that they bring to the world. So
0: That's so cool.
1: Yeah. Do you remember, like, what each one was, like, energetically? Mm, no. All I remember is the phoenix, which I'm assuming is the one in the top right corner, which is interesting that the phoenix is the only white cloud. But, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, I don't remember exactly the storyline. It's really long, but I, we, I was working with uh, Maddie on trying to, like, put all of the cards in the Tree of Life. Mm -hmm. shape because if you do that like the kabbalah tree of life you can read the story of on the origin of the world and go card by card through the whole deck ending in the world at the top and that it all gets explained and it's like just so mind-blowing to see like written out this story that predates the cards and the cards lining up so much it's like a giant synchronicity about how important the story of tarot is this is why
0: we're here. <laughs> I love that.
1: Yeah. So I highly recommend reading those scrolls just because they're an interesting story. But also, if you want to better understand the storyline of the Major Arcana, it's, it's right there. It's how the world was created. Is there like a link I
0: could put on my on the Instagram? Uh, I can look it up. Okay, look it up, and we'll post it, hopefully, maybe, if I remember, (laughs) on the the world episode. Totally. Um, That's awesome. And it really resonated
1: because it answers all of the questions that I had about religion to begin with. Like, why would a god want us all to worship him blindly? Like, why would he send us all to hell because he's angry like why is he feeling all these emotions right now like it's like so
0: emotional yeah he
1: came in with a whole personality and emotions and we don't get the backstory of like where did you come from though and this is like what you've been waiting for
0: (laughs) (laughs) that's awesome Yeah. yeah there was like i don't know i read in a book that it was talking about in Kabbalah, like in the Bible, the in Genesis, it says like, male and female, he made, I don't remember, male and female, shit, what was it? Male and female, he made us, or he created people, or whatever. That's not actually what it says. I'm just like, speaking off of memory, but he, um, they're saying in Kabbalah that God is male and female. So that's like another... Yeah, I think the Gnostic
1: texts agree with the androgynous versions of these entities. I think they have, they might have like feminine masculine qualities more, but Mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure it does talk about how they are androgynous. I have it in front of me.
0: So knowing like your Gnostic and that storyline, does that affect your tarot readings when this card, if this card were to come up? Um... It, I mean, maybe
1: it hasn't, but it yeah. might depending on the person and the what they're asking, or it might like go into the background of what these what what symbols stick out to me and what they relate to. I guess. Yeah. yeah but I'm not like an expert on Gnosticism. I've just read the text. So
0: on my um, Lightseers tarot, she has the flower of life is behind her. Ooh. Yeah. I, I love feel that. like that's cool. I like my Wizards tarot,
1: even though it doesn't have the symbolism the way. It, I'd like it, too. It's got, like, fairies and gnomes and little birds and stuff, and I don't know. It's just pretty. A little lizard. <laughs> but, yeah. I still, I think this is probably the one card that I would take the, the Rider weight over mm-hmm. the other cards, just because of how much more symbolism there is.
0: Oh, yeah, totally. On my Impressionist Tarot, I don't really, I showed you before we started recording. It's an Eiffel Tower with the Reef, it, the Reef. The wreath is a cloud, so that just, I don't know, this it feels like apocalyptic vibes mm. for, some re- for some reason. That's the only thing I can pull from that. And then my Gustav Klimt deck is really interesting because the woman is pregnant on the card. But to me, that feels like more Empress vibes or even Temperance vibes, which it gets dark. Maybe it's just me, but I do think you lose your selfishness when you have a child. Everything becomes about the other self, the heart that's beating outside of your body, and you are less important than your child child. but it's super dark and it doesn't really give the universal vibes of the world card.
1: I think uh, when I see that card, it still reminded me back to the same idea of like the creation of the universe and it, and even in the Gnostic text, it describes like pregnancy, like being pregnant. I, I, let me, hold on one second. It's the heck, where is it? I literally just saw it. I don't know. I give up. I can't read the whole thing, but it basically talks (laughs) about Sophia, which means wisdom and pistis which means faith coming together so wisdom and faith coming together and then giving birth like Mm. being pregnant and giving birth to all of these other
0: archetypes so that's probably where that comes from yeah i could see it being because of that yeah um and then just like the last thing we've always talked about the triad like when you lay out the cards um and for the world it's chariot temperance in the world so it could be like an idea of a victory is one because with the chariot it's like the victory of the little ego the self and then with temperance if we're thinking victory it could be like acceptance and facing our fears with temperance because the death card is next and then the victory of the world card isn't like dominating the world, but like a spiritual understanding. Maybe like whenever the self becomes a self with a capital S. You know. Mm-hmm.
1: See, I, I really should get this card more because I'm super
0: into world domination.
1: <laughs> <laughs> kind of disappointing that I don't get it
0: as my outcome. All but the time. wouldn't world domination be chariot? Yeah. I guess, but I want... Because it's lower. It's lower energy. (laughs) No, not when I do
1: it. I would do it right. Everybody will be happy when I rule the world. That's the difference. I want to rule the world for everybody's best interests.
0: I honestly think if you and I ran the world, it would be great because... Exactly! I mean, we got it. We have it figured out. Right. We're doing this for you. Like... A everybody joke, would be perhaps.
1: happy. Yeah, exactly. It's a joke,
0: but it's not a joke. So. It's not a
1: joke. It's it. We'll see if it turns out to
0: be a joke. If it's true, though, you'll be fine. Vote for us. Yeah. <laughs> okay, that's all I've got for this card. <laughs> Thanks for listening, everybody. See you. Uh, ooh, so this is the end of the major. So I guess next time you'll listen, uh, it'll be... We'll either go into the suits or we'll start with the numbers. I don't know. We haven't really figured it out. Cool. Okay. Bye, y'all. Bye.